Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode, we explore the topic of entrepreneurship here at the Darden School of Business with a conversation with David Tuvey. David is Senior Director for the iLab here at the University of Virginia, and he and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about entrepreneurial resources available to Darden students. So without further ado, here's my conversation with David Tuvey. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. So tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you and what do you do here at the Darden School? Oh, my name is David Tuvey. I am Senior Director at the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. I'll do the full title at the University of Virginia Darden School of Business. Um, I'm more specifically focused on the venture programs and programs that prepare uh, Darden students for those sorts of activities. Although, just like everybody, I think, at the Batten Institute, we actually do a number of things that span a range of experiences. I tend to be as much or more focused on university-wide or community and statewide questions um, beyond grounds, on grounds, and particularly for the Darden students, you know, there's MJ Toms as, as the lead on education and experiential learning focused on Darden students, and then Jason Brewster as uh, kind of assistant director of these venture programs focused on the Darden student programs during the academic year, and then the summer program, which we'll talk about later in the summer. <laughs> so I have really enjoyed um, learning more about all the entrepreneurial resources here. So have a little bit of a vantage point. Um, some of our executive format students who I work closely with uh, have participated in uh, the incubator program in the summer. Uh, we've had some conversations on that podcast, the Exec MBA podcast, but wanted to have you come on the full-time MBA podcast here to mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about if a student shows up at Darden and says, well, I'm interested in, in entrepreneurship, and I, maybe I have an idea or something I'd like to explore a little bit more. How, how do they go about, about doing that? Yeah, so I think there's actually multiple ways, multiple paths, some of which are more formal, others just completely informal. Um, so even before Darden students arrive, the past three years, um, MJ has organized this two-day workshop called Startup Academy, which is essentially, I can't say this word phrase, for pre-matriculate, like folks who haven't started yet, so they're coming to start classes soon. Um, and it's a two-day workshop that involves sort of connections to local founders and other people in the neighborhood working in and around the startup space, as well as some kind of intros to what uh, your course-like entrepreneurship experience, entrepreneurship experiences might be, as well as trying to make some connections for any of the students that are working on ideas themselves. It's not important that people have ideas to do that. It's really supposed to be, are you interested in entrepreneurship? Please stop on by. Um, and then I think as it heads into the first year, we know the first year is very busy for the Darden students in particular, all students overall, but here there's a kind of a particular set of programming they're going through with their classes and then the evenings. So one window of time on the entrepreneurship side is actually run or managed largely by the students themselves. This is Entrepreneurship Week, where they bring in different speakers, founders, investors, and other to connect with students, tell their personal stories and experience, and try to give Darden students a window into the career-type opportunities related to entrepreneurship above and beyond being a founder themselves. Um, I think another platform that's out there, I'll use that word, is the Entrepreneurship Cup. So this is a three-stage competition at the University of Virginia, open to all students, undergrad, grad, and even postdoc, 
or postdoctorates. Um, and this is a, there's a concept competition in the fall, um, in the early winter, depending upon how you see winter or midwinter, <laughs> depends upon where you live, I guess. Um, there's the discovery stage. And in the, in April, there's the launch stage. And it's designed to sort of help ideas move forward from the concept stage to uh, customer discovery and traction in the second stage discovery. And then to OMG, we might actually start this thing um, at the final, the launch stage. Uh, to give further detail on that, just note, there's actually five tracks in the concept competition. One of those tracks is UVAYs, so they have their own competition. Four of the tracks are here on grounds, split up among healthcare services and technologies, um, kind of science and innovation, consumer and B2B ideas, as well as social entrepreneurship. And students can apply to one of the four tracks. Technically, since we have to have a million rules because it's a competition, students can actually apply to any and all of the tracks. They just can't submit the same idea to multiple tracks and go fishing, essentially. Um, and in that competition, the final events, which this year are November 12th for some tracks, November 14th for others, there's 10 finalists they present to judges. Five winners are selected, and each of them win $1,000 each. So it's equalized sort of awards for five teams. Uh, when they get to the second stage, which is informed in many ways by the principles of effectuation, um, similar sort of outcome. There's one track, the discovery competition, but um, there are 10 finalists. Sometimes there's 11. Don't tell anyone because um, the scores are so close. Uh, and then uh, five teams are selected to win $5,000 each, which sort of, which hopefully helps those teams move forward. Um, and then by April, there's the launch competition, which looks more like a traditional business plan competition with up to forty-five dollars to $50,000 in awards, usually 20 for first place, 15 for second, and 10 for third. Um, Trying to think, I don't have a perfect memory of all the years gone by, but it's highly likely that a Darden team or a team that has a Darden student on it is in that final three in the past three to four years. I think that's the case. There may be one year where there where there wasn't, uh, and that. So I think the competition infrastructure is sometimes underlooked or underviewed or not fully seen as a way to sort of help and support teams or students that are interested simply because a lot of the support happens through workshops and other more ad hoc um, connections, not through courses or other, other sorts of opportunities available at UVA. Um, I can keep on listing them because it's really sort of up to the availability or the time that the students have to connect not only with other students across grounds, but also the wider Charlottesville community or startup scene. Um, do you want me to dabble in that well, let's, uh, world pause, a bit? Or? <laughs> pause for a second here. Um, we did have several Darden students uh, teams last year in the E-Cup mm -hmm. uh, and had quite a bit of success. That was fun. Um, I got to work on some of the communications and marketing last year. And okay. fun to talk with those students about, you know, how they were using those competitions, you know, what they were learning through the experience. Um and uh, Darden, Darden teams are typically pretty well represented in, in the competitions. So, you know, D Darden among all the schools at UVA is small. Um, it's not smaller than the po policy school or the policy and public or leadership school. But um, with 350-ish students a year, that puts it in one of the smaller bins. So Darden students undeniably We'll say oversample in the in the population uh, as far as their participation in these competitions. Uh, I think last year Slay would have been one of the winning teams with Kelly Bonilla and Jade Palomino. 
trying to remember the last year. I think Michael Brophy might have had something in the in the finals. Um, you know, three to five years out, it starts to get more blurry for me. But I, I remember um, one degree is out there, so that's either three or four years ago. Those were two Darden students, Sam and Max, and then uh, there's some others in there as well. I the because there's so many teams that win in the other stages, it's harder for me to remember all the all the players in those. No, I totally understand that. Uh, understand that. So we've had Sean Carr on this podcast. To he talk has about. never won in the Operational <laughs> Cup. Just because. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so Sean's been on. Uh, we had the folks from the Entrepreneurship and Venture Capital Club, the EBC okay. Club. Yep. It was great to talk with them. Michael Brophy, friend of the podcast, has been on on the podcast as part of that interview. Um, you're here today. One of the things that EBC Club students said was, you know, don't sleep on Charlottesville. There is a tremendous group of people here who are passionate about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. There's a really great scene here. And the thing that you have as a Darden student is access. You know, you can get in touch with people. You can get a meeting with people. You can get in front of people pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. So I would uh, agree completely, actually. Uh, there's different organizations in town that have a regular cadence of events that I think Darden students would be wise to plug into. We usually see one or two, but not too many at these events. One is Seville Biohub. This is a monthly event that involves kind of some networking, a panel discussion of various topics. The next topic is ag tech um, on October 29th at 5.30 p.m. at Indoor Biotechnologies. Um, and then uh, CBIC events, whether it's Tech on Tap or certain of their Tech Night takeovers, these can be panel discussions when it's the Tech Night takeover events. The other Tech on Tap are really just social and networking events. Um, the downtown mall and the periphery of probably half a mile around it has a number of startups. And by number, I don't mean five. There's probably 50. Um, and, but they're not quite as obvious and visible. Um, they're not all contained in a strip mall or um, all in one building. Uh, we usually have direct connections to pretty much all of them, or at least the majority of them, simply because there may be UVA connections. Um, we're already participating or joining different events, or we're, we're enlisting them to help us run our own programs. So, for example, we started a new accelerator in town, um, and local founders are the first wave of selection as part of that process. So um, we're able to make a, a pretty solid number of connections, I think, for Darden students if they ask. Um, and in fact, you know, I'll let MJ speak more deeply about the acronyms like BVIP, but these are also pathways to not only connect with the local scene, but begin become engaged in it over, over a summer, work with a startup in the area. Um, and see how much you can learn over that over that summer. That was one of the arguments for why Charlottesville from the students is um, if you're in a bigger metro area, it's harder to plug in to everything. It's it's harder to figure out what's going on. It's certainly harder to get a meeting. So A and bigger, I mean, Charlottesville is not the smallest place, city we've lived in, but we'll call it the second smallest. Um, for me, it would have been New York, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., Sydney, and then from there, the smallest city would have been Nashville, which is a big city. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely more approach. Everything is very approachable here. We have a, a small workspace that we share with others downtown. So we're also kind of embedded in that environment now. And what's quirky about that location is I know when I walk to the front window, I can just sort of glance a little to my right. Um, and there's Citizen Burger. And over it are two startups founded by Darden alumni, so Lumen, as well as Archimedics. And I look to my left, <laughs> and just a little bit down the block, 
second floor as well, is another startup founded by Darden alumni. And this is now called Social Safeguard or Safeguard Cyber. That's Ottavio Freire and Jim Zuffaletti. So um, even when you're there, I think when you're walking the main level of downtown mall, it seems like it's just a bunch of restaurants and sort of clothing shops, when really there's a number of startups on the second, sometimes third levels, law firms, hedge funds. Like the downtown space is a little different than I think people see it at first. There's one or two co-working spaces, and it was intriguing to me because as we started to look for space and connect with people with space, it sort of became apparent to me that the entire downtown mall was like the largest co-working facility I'd ever been in. You can find lots of small spaces, and there's so many companies working in and around there. Um, and it's you know, five block, five block. It's not a long, it's not a long walk. We'll mm-hmm. just say. Now, for Darden students, it's somewhat inconvenient as a as a destination. There's no bus that takes you directly there, but I hear there are these rideshare companies, and sometimes there's parking. And uh, I, I, re- I bet you they would work if you take a scooter. However, please do wear a helmet. We would appreciate that. Yes, the scooters have have arrived in Charlottesville. Oh yes, um, you can take the number seven bus uh, from yeah. Barracks Road Shopping Center. I say this as a public transportation enthusiast. All right, so. Uh, Yes, and you can take the uh, North North Grounds shuttle over to Main Grounds and enjoy a very lovely walk um, yep. right down Main Street. Or so, just take the trolley. Yeah, either way. Goes either the way. free trolley, emphasis on And I'm trying to think of other ways Darden students could connect with kind of the local startup scene. Um, what's nice in this environment is if you work in a big metro area, like there's a lot happening. And it's almost like there's too much happening. You can't really select what to do. Um, and it's maybe a m- little more difficult to be engaged. There may also be a bit of a social barrier, private events and things like that. Um, here, everything's much more open. In the spring with the TomTom Festival, essentially the downtown mall becomes a mix of a festival and then a series of conferences. Another great opportunity to connect with the community at large, whether it's in data science, entrepreneurship, education, or general innovation and creativity. There's conferences in all of those themes during that festival. It's interesting your point about the downtown mall. We uh, certainly put together a lot of recommendations of things to do while you're in Charlottesville. It made me think that maybe we should be encouraging people to take an entrepreneurial walk down the down the uh, downtown mall. You know, as, as you progress, yeah. as you progress and look at these restaurants. You know, take note of the Darden-related businesses that, that, have, that have sprung up. So the constraint with Charlottesville, with we'll call them startup tours or startup treks, isn't your ability to create the trek. It's actually that many of the workspaces are so are small that as the groups get larger, it's hard to accommodate their needs. We used to work with students in the, or I used to work with students in the undergraduate space doing this. And you could work like 15, but when it got to 30 students, you have to break them into two groups of 15. Um, but there were multiple occasions, usually once, maybe twice a year, of like a startup trek within Charlottesville. You know, Darden has a history of doing these now. We'll call them more tech tracks, not necessarily exclusively startup focused on the West Coast with Connect and then those tracks and even in in New York. So um, we'll put that on the list of of things to do. Yeah. And (laughs) and recently, Austin, too, was added to the list um, this past spring. I was very envious of those students. They got to go to South by Southwest and... You know, it's really inexpensive in Austin during South by Southwest. (laughs) So it's a great, it's a great... No, I think Austin, you know, it's another larger metro area. We actually have a few alumni that have had ventures there. So there were, it was possible to create connections. Um, uh, You know, Robin Swift helped to organize those, the connect events. Um, and then South by Southwest or South by, if you're in the know, is just total mayhem. So um, 
Uh, for me, it's actually too big of a conference from experience. The things that I need to connect with, I oftentimes can just reach out to people and connect and travel in different ways. But uh, as an experience, it's definitely an experience. One of the privileges of getting to host the podcast is when people ask you a question and you would like to learn more about that uh, that topic, you can sometimes invite the person who might know something or a little bit more than, than you on, on the podcast. So we had a, an event in, in the D.C. area not so long ago, and someone asked about the Catalyst program. And this sent me uh, kind of scrambling to say, like, well, I need, what? I, I need to learn about this. Like, it's, it sounds very interesting. So um, this may also be the first time that some of our listeners are hearing, hearing about this program. You want to talk a little bit more about what Catalyst is? Yeah, and I'll preface that whenever the university or parts of the university launch new things, sometimes you're quiet about it until you know you're going to be able to do it. So um, to give historical context, you know, for 20 years now, the Batten Institute has operated some sort of summer program to support early stage ventures. Um, at times it was known as the Darden Incubator, iLab Incubator. It'll now get more focused and reformatted and be known as the Venture Lab um, over the summer. Um, and this is to support, I jokingly will say dangerously early stage startups or very early stage companies um, as early as not yet even being incorporated. Um, and then post-summer, we would just observe, it wasn't difficult, these survivors that would continue to operate in the building or in the area, trying to move the business forward, either nonprofit or for-profit, um, and just either find the funding they needed to start, commit, and grow, or find the customer base that they could kind of work with to grow just internally or bootstrapping, as we call it. So we sort of saw these test case companies for a few years, um, and then found different companies in the Charlottesville area that were more advanced, but still at the stage of hoping to obtain maybe the first round of funding, or they'd obtained some early rounds of round of funding and were headed to the next round. And it seemed like it was possible for not just the Batten Institute, but UVA at large to help these companies, essentially to leverage certain of the resources we have, whether it's space, networks, um, knowledge and other things to support these teams through whatever is the next stage of their lives. Uh, we applied for funding from the state of Virginia, sorry, the Commonwealth of Virginia, um, through a program called Go Virginia or Growth and Opportunity. Um, those that those funds that you requested had to be matched by funds that you had. So both the city of Charlottesville and the county of Albemarle's economic development offices contributed funds, the Batten Institute, and then UVA's economic development office stepped in as well. So that led us to be able to run a new program, at least for the next two years, two years of funding that is targeting these kind of high potential, higher growth type companies in specific industry domains that are at these transition points of headed toward their first round of funding or headed towards a second more significant round of funding. Um, it's a slow moving accelerator program. The programming runs from September to May. Um, and that's not because I wanted to work the academic calendar. It is largely because, A, that's the opposite time from the summer program, and B, when we were observing teams that were pursuing sort of a first round of funding, it was taking six months to a year. So running a 12-week accelerator program might not have actually happened or helped them in the ways we might like. Two, it's different in that we're only focused upon teams that are already in Charlottesville or the, the area, actually Region 9. So everything from Nelson all the way up to Culpeper and beyond. However, the assumption is teams really are a you know, reasonable commuting distance on a regular basis. Uh, and then particular industries, so high 
higher targets would be software, IT, biotech, and biomed, um, and then uh, hardware and kind of light manufacturing with a little interest in food and beverage. Food and beverage is a little more challenging in the regional funding environment. Each of the teams receives a $20,000 grant or $20,000 in grants. Um, dedicated workspace if they don't already have it. This is this shared space we have downtown. Uh, coaching from local founders. Uh, regular check-ins. It's a slower-moving program, though, so we connect usually monthly or bi-weekly just to understand what they need and help them move forward. And this then up to probably $50,000 in other resources we have access to. And these are more traditional accelerator program accoutrements, you might say, like access to AWS, Activate Credits, or Google Cloud Credits, DigitalOcean, HubSpot, various tools that they might use to help grow a company. Uh, the programming for the program is similarly sort of slow moving and kind of designed to be more connected to the community at large. So we'll often, in any month, we'll probably host one, maybe two events with another organization in town that we invite the teams to attend and then some founder we know to also attend. Uh, the upcoming Civil Biohub event, we're actually co-hosting that, and one of the teams in the program is on the panel as part of the event. Um, they were already selected for the panel, so that made it easy. Um, and then oftentimes, in any month, we'll have one, maybe two founder dinners. So we'll invite founders that we know who are not in the Charlottesville area to visit, connect with the team, share their experience, insights, and try to make additional connections. Um, so far this year, we've had... Um, Doug Bouton, who is a co-founder of Halo Top Ice Cream. He's actually a UVA law alum. He's from here. He happened to be headed to town, so we set up a lunch with him so the teams could meet with him and talk about their experiences and challenges Halo, Halo Top faced growing. And in fact, Halo Top just went through an acquisition. Um, and then most recently, we had a person by the name of Alex Wu, who is another alum, UVA Commerce, uh, who is now a co-founder, part of the founding team for a company called Next, but people will know it by the app called Home Court, which is uh, an app where you essentially set your phone down, something stable, and have it film you or watch you play basketball. It then gathers statistics all about your play, so the shots you took from where on the court, the angle of your shot, all of these stats, and then provides you with those statistics to help you get better. So it's an actual application of, <laughs> of AR and, and AI um, to... Uh, focused on basketball training and the NBA and other high profile individuals were like the initial funding for that program for that company. Um, so that's our target kind of in the monthly program, trying to bring individuals to town that widen the connections for the teams, but hoping the teams will then also remain in the Charlottesville area and help grow the community of startups here. So that sounds like something that's potentially available to Darden students, but also the broader community as well. So, um, you know, student participation in it is limited by student time to participate in it, um, and also kind of uh, the level or the stage at which a student venture may have advanced. There is a Darden student team in the program this year, however. So Slay was selected for the program this fall. And the selection process, I will simply say, is non-trivial, both from an operations point of view and kind of participation in it. Um, we have kind of an initial filter, which is, does this team meet the basic requirements of the program, you know, beyond prototype, has a product in the market, in these particular industries, in our region, those questions. Then a, a pool of local founders kind of read through, determining which teams seem to be fundable, high potential, and kind of headed in the right direction. And then there's a panel of regional folks who come from the regional capital community or the regional investment commu investor community who then 
ultimately kind of inform the final decisions. And these are everything from the UVA's seed fund to regional angel networks to family offices and even some funds from outside the area. Uh, the goal being to find founders in town that can support these teams and make sure there's alignment because if we can't really support a team, we might not do as well as we'd like as a program. And to find sources of capital that are interested in the teams because if we're unable to find or help the teams find funding, then we sort of similarly leave them in a situation that's not as good as if we were able to find funding for them. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, I was, I wasn't, we were uncertain as to whether a, a student team would make it through that process, and one did, so yay. That's awesome. Um, and well, the, what's not- interesting, too, about this group, because it's, uh, you know, it's targeted to the community at large, regardless of affiliation, its sample group are definitely a little bit older. So when we had dinner last time, you know, the individuals at the table probably had, not at the table, but families. And I knew there were seven, if not up to 10 kids, like, engaged. And for normal programs that you run around a university, the teams you're working with don't have children. <laughs> so here they were, you know, managing life, these startups, maybe a side gig, um, and trying to move their ventures forward. So we talked about the first year and the ECUP and student, the way students can engage with entrepreneurial interest during, during the first year. Um, second year, where do you see students spend their time? I mean, obviously the program we just discussed, potentially an opportunity. I mean, the, the so folks in Slay are in their second year. So let's see. So A, between the first and the second years, there's the what was the incubator program, now known as Venture Lab, that teams can apply to. So for the Darden students, note, um, there's an early selection window I'll use the word affixed to or as part of the concept stage competition. So the winners of the concept stage are invited to apply early for the summer program and get an answer before winter break. So then they know what's going on before they head into January. Then there's another selection window in January for the program. And then oftentimes even opportunities connected to the uh, discovery and launch stage of the competition. So there's ample, you know, pathways, we'll say, to get into the into Venture Lab during the summer. Um, that program, similar to Catalyst, is open to the community at large, ends up having more uh, UVA-affiliated teams in it simply because of the stages at which teams are operating. Um, but it's, you know, it's 20 to 25 companies in the summer, so it's a big happening. In the second year, you know, A, there's the portfolio of courses Darden students can take, whether it's venture velocity, starting new ventures, all the prototyping and design courses, et cetera. The competition still continues, the one we talked about in the first year, so they can participate in that way. There are some rules as to whether if you participate, if a team was in one in the prior year, whether it can participate the second year, and the answer is no. You have to start a new company or a new project. Um, the accelerator program, the connections to Darden students, probably two paths. One is if it's a team that's in the program. Two, uh, another feature, a couple features of this accelerator that are a bit different is it's connected to the student population in different ways. One, we have some undergraduate interns in particular technology skill areas working with teams. We have five interns right now. Uh, two, there's different courses that they might be connected to as projects, a social media a strategy class, etc. So there will probably emerge some opportunities for Darden students who might want to work on a project with these teams that are in the program. Um, and we can follow up more on that. We're trying to figure out how best to connect the Darden students in that way um, and sort of what types of projects would be of most interest to them. Uh, I think there's other kind of outside-the-bounds kind of ways to connect. We also run uh, a seminar series for uh, 
PhD candidates and postdocs in entrepreneurship. And that's another opportunity for the Darden students to plug in and connect with these grad students across grounds. Um, a lot of what we described in the first year then becomes kind of the same, I think, in the second year. It's just the students are now managing the schedules of their electives, um, which is a little different from a schedule than the core of the MBA program. I'm trying to think in the winter. So MJ can highlight this, and this would be both winters. There's the VC boot camp um, where, that the students can participate in. And then also... You have to go to MJ Toms for the ruling on this. I know the summer between first and second year, the various other internship opportunities are there. Unclear after the second year if that's a continued opportunity in terms of the stipend and other kinds of support. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples in the second year. It had been it would be my observation that I feel like a greater proportion of the Darta students or a greater number sort of come out of the woodwork during the second year. They have a little more free time or maybe a lot more, I don't know, um, and start to plug in a little bit more with the community. Uh, I think one thing it would be interesting for us to try to do is try to make some internship, or sorry, post-graduation connections a little bit earlier. Oftentimes, students will work with local startups during that summer between first and second year, and that kind of converts to their decision after graduating. Others, they do the internship in the summer between first and second year to sort of learn what the startup scene is like, then go on to their normal or pre pre-planned career path, we'll say, in, in consulting business, tech, or, or whichever, and then maybe three or more years out, you know, kind of surface again, interested in startups and find another opportunity. Well, we got to get MJ Toms on this on this podcast. Uh, she obviously. Oh yes, you do. She's fan. <laughs> I mean, fantastic. She's been on the Exec MBA podcast. We got to get her on this one because uh, there's there's so much to talk about. Robin Swift is also another person mm-hmm. that we've we yeah. You know, she's based in San Francisco, so logistically maybe a little bit more complex, but someone who's obviously doing tremendous work as well, building bridges and relationships for for students who are who are interested in in this, this kind of work. Yeah, what I would say, what's Students should recognize here is a lot of these resources have been around for a while. The Bad Institute has been doing this for a long time, almost 20 years on certain of the programs and 10 to 15 on others. So there's there's a rhythm to it and there's an established knowledge to help make these connections. It's not all new. There are certain things that are new that I think Jason will talk about when he comes on the show, like the Venture Projects or VPX, and then this shift in the summer program. But um, even... Those are kind of variations of things that were happening in certain ways, but now just get more formalized as we start to see how they should work as a program or as another opportunity. Well, I never miss a promotional opportunity. Um, just to give people a little bit of a reason to tune into that conversation with Jason, do you want to talk just a touch about VPX and what it is? I, I remember when I got the email about it, I was like, this is this is incredible. Um, so it's essentially an attempt to add additional resources and support to independent studies that Darden students may be doing, particularly those where they're working on ventures as part of the independent study, answering some sort of question as it relates to the venture as part of the independent study. So it's an opportunity to sort of bring in certain of the resources sources of our of our other programs to students in that context. Um, and then there's the super informal launch launch or just lunch, venture lunch. I can't say it right. So that they have once a week, really just trying to help make more connections among the students um, that are interested in entrepreneurship in particular ways. Jason orchestrates that. Saris joins from time to time, Damon and others. Um, so I think those start to get, you can see that in the portfolio sort of shifts from programs that are really formal 
have selection processes and et cetera, to kind of slightly less formal and then to informal um, as a way to support kind of the full range of Darden student interests in entrepreneurship. And if I were, I mean, no, we haven't even talked about innovation, the more broad thing, which maybe we could talk about another time because we're starting to try to dabble in that dark science as well, try to create um, some opportunities for Darden students kind of curious about new technologies or new things to learn a bit more about them or gain a little more experience with them. Sandra McCutcheon, who we work with, has sort of taken the lead on this sort of programming, whether it's a workshop she's doing this evening on advanced manufacturing, one they've done in the past on 3D um, design and printing, where you actually go in and design something in CAD and then print it. Um, and then other topics I'm sure will emerge on autonomous vehicles. I think programmables. I noticed recently we were ordering some Raspberry Pis, which are small um, computers for doing programmables. So I think there's some opportunities going forward on there to even broaden the um, portfolio of opportunities beyond just I'm a student and I have a startup or I'm a student and I'm interested in startups to I'm interested in innovation more broadly. Um, you know, 15 to 20, I know it was over 20% of the students two years ago. I didn't look at the last employment report. My apologies. I didn't come prepared. Um, but we're looking, it should be 15 to 20%, if not more, of the Darden students go off to work in tech after graduating. So this is kind of help trying to create a portfolio of opportunities above and beyond what will be happening in classes to engage them in new and different technologies. Yeah, Sean was clear when he came on, on the podcast. One of our, our first first guests, in fact, on this podcast, that uh, the, the focus of the Batten Institute is very much around entrepreneurship, innovation, and technology, mm -hmm. you know, trying to be responsive to, to student interests and sort of, you know, what, what what's happening out there in the world. Yeah, and I guess one thing we didn't really bring up earlier, just note, because I think I'm sensitive to it because I have to do it every week. So, so we send out... Um, with Madeline, who works as well, uh, a weekly newsletter, which is our best understanding of the entrepreneurship and innovation happenings, both on grounds and off in any week. Plus, we manage the entrepreneurship website for the university, which tends to have an innovation bent to it, too. And through those, through that newsletter and that website and its calendar, you start to see the portfolio of offerings just across grounds and Charlottesville. So we only mentioned, like, what are the workshops happening at Darden and those maybe in Charlottesville. Then there's, oh, like 700 other student organizations at UVA and these other units that are doing things throughout throughout the year. And these could be a speaker series with someone from Alibaba, um, a workshop on social entrepreneurship or social innovation. Uh, there's usually three things every week, if not five, during any <laughs> during a week um, that are another opportunity to sort of connect with, engage, and move forward on your interest in entrepreneurship or innovation more broadly. It's a great point uh, in many ways that sort of underscores the, the the value of a place like Darden, where you get a small school graduate school experience, but you have access to the resources and people of a much broader university community. Yeah, and there's crisscross among us on the faculty or staff, too, so we're happy to help with that. Like, I previously worked at Commerce, helped do the minor in entrepreneurship, worked with MJ and others when I wasn't at the Bat Institute to help with the ECUP and other things. So we have kind of a network across grounds and can make a pretty broad range of connections. Um, there's apparatus, we'll say even, to which Darden students have access, whether it's all the different maker spaces and things across grounds beyond whatever we have. Um, there's, you know, other students, other student programming, different faculty, different faculty projects that are happening, you know, are sort of 
the, the, the university's licensing and ventures group or tech transfer office. We're extremely connected to them and the projects and the and the companies with which they're working. Um, these are additional opportunities for Darden students. More curricular now by way of the seed fund course, but also extra or co-curricular in terms of the events that they orchestrate and then the companies or projects that, that they have. I know they recently ran a workshop and we'll do another one in January also kind of on commercialization. They did a workshop on commercialization sort of from the licensing perspective. Like, let's go look through some inventions or disclosures that we have from the faculty. Which of these seem to be high potential such that we'd even pursue a patent or multiple patents around them? Um, kind of market analysis meets science. And then in January, we'll do a two-day or three-day boot camp on commercialization from the from the point of view of the early stage company that wants to commercialize some invention from the university, whether it's the faculty involved or, or somebody else or a mix a mix of the two. So um, and that's a whole other layer, right? Which is the commercialization of the science that's happening in and around um, in and around the university. And we've had Darden students involved with the seed fund. Mm -hmm. That's been kind of fun to talk with people about. You see that pop up in the second year mm -hmm. for folks. So I'm, I'm vetting ideas uh, at the seed fund. Yeah, and for us, you know, running Catalyst, we'll have, because the seed fund can invest in faculty, staff, student, alumni, and also, we'll say, bad institute-affiliated programs, um, we'll have teams in Catalyst that will be being due diligence, we'll say, by the seed fund and the Darden students there. So um, it, it's great because you can start to see all these different connections that are possible um, when you put these programs together um, without actually moving lots of things around. So, like, you know, a faculty member that's over at this school, they run a course on social media strategy. Hey, let's connect some teams that we have with that faculty in that class. We did it last year for three teams, and it worked out great. Um, here's, you know, some teams that we have that we'll connect them with the seed fund because we know that that'll lead to connections with Darden students and some additional kind of insights that those projects can lead for the, for the teams themselves. Uh, these are all things that are happening, and it's like just taking a string and just connecting two things that weren't connected before. Um, even the ECOP, I, I, I sense there's going to be some some spillage, some some broadening of it, I think, around that, because it's so focused on kind of ideas that seem like they would be companies. There, You could imagine there could be some variations here that are just pure ideas, pure experimentation, um, pure building and making. Um, and that hasn't been completely leveraged or kind of surfaced around UVA. And it's another opportunity that's maybe for some people way less intense than I'm going to go start a company. Um, and there's probably more. It's just just a question of time. How much time do you have? No, this, is, uh, this has been great. I, I would imagine all of our listeners are hearing this and being like, Man, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a so, ton. What's frustrating, I'll be honest, I'll tell you what's frustrating, Brett. Sorry, I, I would really appreciate you um, open up, David. Sometimes, I'm going to start crying. No, sometimes people will be like, hey, can you summarize all that's happening at UVA in one page in entrepreneurship? And I just, I have this like blank look on my face because I understand why they were asking for it. There's so much information that we have to surf through that they want like it distilled. But there literally is so much going on that it's hard to be fair to all that's going on, given that constraint. And then people will say, well, can you present it in like a like an organized way, like it's like a framework? <laughs> I'm like, I don't I, no, 
I don't really know. What do you want to know about? Like, it, to me, it's more like that. So we've tried to do those things to try to make it more distillable, I guess, at a glance. And I don't know how possible it is. Like right now on the main website, not the Bat Institute site, but say the entrepreneurship site, we'll do sort of like connect, learn, uh, launch, fund, like as ways to sort of help people understand the different stages maybe or their interests. But even that I know doesn't tap like the full portfolio of, of opportunities. Um, so for any student that's looking at a, any of these pages and is like, ah, I can't make sense of it all. Just, I mean, A, if you're a Darden student, email MJ and she'll try to help you distill it. Um, and then she will totally connect you to whoever amongst us is sort of most working most closely to whatever is the interest level. Um, and like I said, we're only talking about the stuff we know about. <laughs> so um, the student organizations across grounds are always doing stuff. Um, and then as soon as we hear about it, um, we try to make connections. We The calendar that we operate is actually a function of a bunch of other people's calendars, a bunch of other organizations' calendars all feeding together to give us sort of a little G-God view of what we think is happening. But we still have to check in with organizations across grounds to know what's going on. Well, David, this has been, I mean, I always learn something from these conversations. Thanks for detailing uh, the many things that are happening here. Obviously, you know, um, I, hopefully the, the big takeaway uh, for any student is that if you are passionate about entrepreneurship, innovation, technology, you want to make some connections, you want to explore, there's a lot one can do here. Oh, it certainly is. Keeps me busy. <laughs> well, thanks for your time today. Thank you. And that was my conversation with David Tootie, Senior Director of the iLab at the University of Virginia. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. And until next time, thanks for listening.